preposterous. It's going to implode. Yeah, we'll see what the marketplace thinks. We'll see what the battle thinks. The late night anger management class continues. I am Marenzi. We're breaking it down. Shout out to all of our radio affiliates. Ian Cameron kicking it with us. Babano Sports uh, Pub. Uh, Babano, the football uh, frenzy. Follow him on uh, Twitter. So, uh, Babano, whatever. We'll find out about this deal years down the road. Listen, if Brooklyn win the championship, then I guess I'm an idiot, right? And it'll be all worth it. And I think it is. If you trade six, you know, you trade your future for the next seven years for a championship, whatever, sure, I'll take it. But they didn't need James Harden. That's the whole thing. You know what I mean? It's not like they added a position of need. You have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. You already had Karis LeVert, who's a pure good scorer. Like, I don't know. Like, to me, I don't know. I think this is going to backfire on them. But what do you feel about the deal from a basketball standpoint? Do you like Brooklyn now as a team, Babano? There's uh, talent-wise, yeah. But chemistry, as you mentioned, Marenzi, is a concern here. Like, and you mentioned Every one of these players, Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, why have they been so great in these superstar dominant talents over the years? They want the ball in their hands late in the game. Well, you, as you mentioned, you can't have the ball in all of their hands at the same time late in a basketball game with them all being on the same team. And you just worry about it from a chemistry perspective. You worry about Kyrie's demeanor and what he's doing off the court. You worry about James Harden's demeanor. Things don't work out the way he wants them to with what we saw that that circus in Houston. So there's major concerns there. I want to talk about what it did for the Pacers. I love what it did for them getting Karis LeVert because now this is a team that Indiana, they kind of took a step back in the East last year, a little bit getting knocked out by Miami Morency. And this year they've been kind of treading water up and down, but now they bring in Karis LeVert in this big blockbuster deal to go along with Malcolm Brogdon. All of a sudden that's a nice backcourt. And you got the one, two punch in the front court with Sabonis and miles Turner. You've got an improved Indiana team. And I'll say this right now. I think Indiana's a bet on team coming out of this. I think Houston is going to be a bet on team coming out of this because finally the circus is behind them. James Harden's gone. It's time to settle down, play basketball, and I think they will. All good points raised by Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Babano. Uh, we're going to hit this on the other side a little bit more, and I love it. I tell you what, guys, I love it. I can't believe the overreaction, according to the odds makers. The Brooklyn Nets are the second choice to win the NBA championship right now at plus 270. <laughs> I wouldn't bet on plus 270 that Steve Nash doesn't like quit in the next 10 days. Late night anger management class continues. Bring it. Remember, you can listen to Sports Grid on the radio, TV, satellite, or the internet. To make it any easier, we'd have to move in with you. And nobody wants that. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Don't think of us as a place to just hear sports talk. Think of us more as an all-you-can-listen buffet of live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. And you know what? It'll be nice having a little extra cash to bet on college football. Yeah, I'd like to bet 100 bucks. You want to pick a team? No, just take it. Like that anger management class. I am Gable Morenzi. Shout out to all of our affiliates, including SiriusXM Channel 204. We're breaking it down. Ian Cameron us. Just a quick check of the updated NBA odds right now. The marketplace is definitely bought in, and I like it because now you're getting value with everybody else. 
Uh, Lakers are plus 260. Brooklyn Nets plus 270. Like, that's just crazy talk. That, like, the, that the Nets would be on par with the Lakers. Like, like really. Like, Kyrie Irving's not even around. The guy's, like, dancing at his sister's birthday party. And, oh, yeah, by the way, um, there's all kinds of crazy reports about, and you never know what's true, but when it comes to Kyrie Irving, you know, you sort of do believe it, that Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant's already fed up. They're not talking already. Kyrie Irving doesn't like Steve Nash, wants Steve Nash to be gone. So here we are. And, and oh, yeah. And uh, uh, Kyrie Irving is upset that he's not consulted on things enough as far as the team is concerned. Even though he's not there, he wants to be consulted. And it makes me wonder if he was consulted about this deal. And I'll tell you what, Kyrie Irving didn't go to Brooklyn to share the spotlight. Kevin Durant didn't go there to share the spotlight. And Harden is a ball hog. Harden, like, eats the ball like he eats a buffet right now. All right? Like, this is a disaster. What, great defense, huh? Oh, they're going to have a lot of defense on that team now. De- like, DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan's terrible. DeAndre Jordan's terrible. James Harden doesn't play defense. Kyrie Irving isn't even around. and Isn't, like, stable enough mentally to even play every day and be there and show up for work. And Kevin Durant, God bless him, is a great player. But, you know, we'll see how, how far he can go at, uh, after his injury like this and carry them. I think it's a disaster, but just for the record, so Brooklyn are plus 270. Clippers are plus 600. Milwaukee plus 700. And Babano, what I like about it, just from a betting standpoint, is Brooklyn are suddenly the overwhelming favorites to win the Eastern Conference. So they're plus 120 right now. Suddenly, the, the Milwaukee Bucks are plus 350. Normally, it's like, whoa, I don't want to lay a big price with the Bucks, but suddenly the Bucks are plus 350 to win the Eastern Conference. Philadelphia 7 to 1, Boston 750, Miami 750, the Pacers 16 to 1, and the Raptors 18 to 1. Man, I think there's value in anyone but Brooklyn at the, these prices, Babano. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I mean, obviously, the time to bet Brooklyn was before they get James Harden, not now. And in fact, you could argue there's going to be big time chemistry issues that may preclude this team from being the dominant force and the and the team that's going to get through the East hands down over anybody else. I would go with a Boston in that price range that you mentioned. That makes some sense to me. Philadelphia, even, and I know Philadelphia has had playoff struggles in the past, but they're definitely looking better on both sides of the basketball court this season under Doc Rivers. And I mentioned before the break, Indiana, I think they're so much improved getting Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert's proved he's ready for big-time minutes and a starring role as a shooting guard alongside Malcolm Brockton. You remember those Brooklyn teams last year? Karis LeVert carried that team for so much last year uh, when everybody was out. He's capable of doing it. I think there's a huge shot in the arm for the Pacers. To be honest with you, going into this big deal happening, Barancy, I never viewed Indiana as a team that was capable of at least being in the, in the mix in the Eastern Conference, at least having a chance maybe to threaten to win the conference. I think they took a step forward in doing so, getting Karis LeVert. I think it's that big of a deal getting him on this Pacers team. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Listen, I think the Pacers are are right there. They're capable of going on a deep run in Eastern Conference. Are they capable of winning a title? No. But, you know, with what they have now, they're only getting better. They're younger now. Oladipo didn't want to be there. There was some friction there. It wasn't ugly, but they handled it behind the scenes. Oladipo's and, a little bit overrated, business. just a little. I mean, I, I think I so agree. anyway. 
Yeah, well, he's not consistent. He showed flashes, but he's hurt all the time. He's unhappy all the time, and I would way rather have uh, Karis Levert. So now suddenly you look at the, the Houston Rockets. It's John Wall, Oladipo, Daniel House, P.J. Tucker, and Christian Wood. They'll play better now, too, as you stated. They'll play better now without without Harden there. John Wall's been playing good basketball uh, coming back. You'll get Oladipo. Oladipo will be happy to get out of Indiana. And, um, and, you know, listen, Christian Wood is kicking ass. So, you know, I think everybody's happy in one of these deals. Brooklyn got a shiny new toy again, even though you didn't need one. Um, the Pacers got a stud in Karis LeVert, a young player. They got rid of Oladipo. Houston's got a million and two draft picks for the next seven years, Babano. And, uh, and hell, and Cleveland even got a couple of players out of this. Jared Allen doesn't suck, guys. Jared Allen's a good player. And Cleveland have been a scrappy team. Yep. But Ben, if Cleveland were a good bet on team, but they're devastated by injury and COVID now, right? First it was Kevin yeah. Love and then Sexton and Garland and Della Vadova. You go down the list, they're out of bodies. But when Cleveland actually have all their players and now you throw in Torin Prince and you throw in uh, Jared Allen, I think Jared it's a Allen, deal yep. where every team can feel good about themselves right now. And we'll see how it plays out down the road, but I think Brooklyn greatly overpaid. It's like Ricky Williams. Dude, Brooklyn, let's say Babano, Brooklyn suck in two years, and they oh, they don't have any draft picks anymore. Houston gets all of Brooklyn's draft picks all the time. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun when you guys suck and they get some star player three years from now. So it's going to take a while to fully judge the deal, Babano. But from a basketball standpoint, we'll see how it plays out, right? But I'm with you. I like the Pacers angle from this. Yeah, I like the Pacers angle. And to your point about Cleveland, Cleveland's probably not going to be a playoff team, but what do we care most about no, no. against the spread results? We care about covering point spreads. And I think when they're healthy, it was very briefly early in the season. And then the injuries all of a sudden occurred, but Darius Garland and Colin Sexton in that backcourt, they played pretty solid early on those first couple games before the injuries mounted Isaac Okoro, you know, the draft pick out of Florida state hasn't looked completely out of place. I think he's been solid for, even though he's just still a rookie, um, you're going to get Kevin Love back at some point. I know he's got his defensive deficiencies, but he can still fill it up offensively for you at the basket. Now you bring in Jared Allen. How about that punch, one-two punch at the five spot now uh, with Jared Allen and Andre yeah. Drummond on this Cleveland team. So they've got size. They've got an rim protection down low. Uh, they've got the, they'll have the backcourt when they get Car- Garland and Sexton back. Okoro's developing. You'll get Love back. That's going to be a team that's going to be competitive. You're not going to be able to walk into Cleveland and just beat this team. They're going to be a tough out. They're going to cover numbers when they get healthy. Deeper than the Raptors are. <laughs> I hate to say it. <laughs> right now. It's like you're na- naming all these players. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I said that about the Raptors. They should have went after Andre Drummond. He doesn't even make that much money. And I'll tell you what, I don't think Drummond will still be there, though, but battle because he does make money. He doesn't make a ton, yeah. but he does, and he does it, if you know what I mean. That bringing Jared Allen means that Drummond will be gone, like moving forward here in Cleveland. But the Raptors aren't in a position right now, like, you know, to, to go after Andre. I was just saying, coming into the year, I knew the Raptors were a big man. Sure, like, if you're going to lose Gasol and Ibaka, you got to do something. And Baines is okay, but, you, you know, Baines is just okay. You got to, you know, you need to do something. And Drummond's a monster, man. Like, he really is. If Drummond's in a good mood, He'll show up, man. He'll give you 20 and 20. Like, he can literally get 20 rebounds. You know what I mean? 17 rebounds. Like, the guy is a beast. And unlike, like, a DeAndre Jordan type that'll just get you fake rebounds, Drummond will also dunk it home after. 
Like he'll handle his business and he'll give you 24 and 18 and you know what I mean? But he is moody. He is moody. But, you know, to his defense, the guy played in Detroit and Cleveland, Babano. You know what I'm saying? It's not like yep. he's ever Cleveland really after had, LeBron like, left when they sucked again. Yeah, yeah exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> and a bad Pistons team. <laughs> so the guys lived in crap ass cities. Nothing against the cities, nice cities, but crap ass weather, and it's crap ass if you're a hundred millionaire like these guys are. So, like I said, people aren't lining up in the NBA to play in Cleveland and Detroit. So, you know, what I mean, he hasn't been in a situation where he's like fully happy and like, hey, I can win and let's go. I'm going to go all out and. You know what I mean? Drummond's a good player. Drummond's a good player. All right, so let's get um, let's get into some football on the other side here with Babano. I'm fired up to see what he thinks about these games. We'll do a weather check. There's been some weather patterns and weather moving and stuff like that. I don't think weather's going to be an issue in any game except maybe, maybe Buffalo. And not because it's cold, but it might be like windy and rainy, sort of. Late night anger management class continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Your search is over. You found it. What you've been looking for. The definitive culmination of the state of the art of of sports sports talk. talk. This is the winning edge. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. Honey, I've got some bad news for you. Oh, now, Marge, I'm waiting for the new XFL season. Who will win this year's million-dollar game? Who? Who? Honey. The X is for extreme. There is no XFL this year. The league folded. Who told you? Last year's MVP. He sweeps up toenails at the beauty parlor. Like that anger management class. I am Renzi. Breaking it down. Ian Cameron King with us. Follow him on Twitter at Babana. You can follow me on Twitter at Sports Rage. All right. We're going to get back to the NBA stuff. There's just so much stuff to get to, but a uh, countdown is on uh, right now. National Football League uh, playoffs uh, resume Saturday afternoon at uh, 4.35 Eastern time, 1.35 uh, Pacific in Los Angeles. The Rams get six and a half points right now, Babano against the Packers. Total is 45 and a half. So me and Babano speak on Sunday night. Say he's on every Sunday now with the early line report. We sort of look at the opening numbers. And, you know, both of us sort of thought, you know, oh, it's going to be a bad spot for the Rams. And, you know, everyone we talk to throughout the week likes the Packers, Babano. But the numbers come down and now it's not moving right now. Sitting at six and a half, uh, 45 and a half. Yeah, and I'm sticking with the Packers. Uh, There are concerns, though. I mean, we saw Cam Akers come back uh, for the Rams against Seattle in the playoff game. He ran the football exceptionally well. And guess what? Rams are going to have that same kind of, I guess, character trait of a team that San Francisco was last year, you know, in the playoffs against Green Bay that has that potential to maybe take advantage of a vulnerable run defense. And we still don't know for sure yet, you know, if the Packers have fully shored that up. A uh, run defense that earlier this season kind of struggled. We know in the playoffs it was what doomed them 
uh, in the playoff game against the 49ers. So that's definitely some concern I've got for Green Bay. But at the end of the day, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers in the passing game is just going to be a whole different level of explosiveness for the even a very good Rams defense to uh, handle. And the fact that Aaron Rodgers has really gotten the ball out of his hands quickly uh, and gotten the ball into the hands of his receivers quickly and not let the pass rush really get home, that's going to be something that may be able to keep the Rams at bay in this game. And plus we factor in that you've got the L.A. Rams after playing last week, having to go on the road in, in an outdoor colder weather environment here in Lambeau. It's a bit of a detriment. Jared Goff hasn't had very good football games in the past and these kind of elements, and that's a worry for me. Uh, I think there's some uh, some good news on the horizon for the Rams injury front again this week, which is probably why there's also been some money on the Rams. Like I said on Sunday, I think Green Bay is going to be in a teaser for me for sure. I don't know if I'll lay the points, but I think the Packers are going to find a way to win this football game. There's always things that upset me. Me and Lou got into it today, Gamble about the weather uh, in Green Bay. <laughs> but you just brought up, uh, and I've seen this a lot with Jared Goff, that, oh, Jared Goff in cold weather, Jared Goff. Dude, the Rams have played one cold weather game. Like, that's, you know what I mean? They played, like, once, and it was that Bears game. Everyone brings up, well, that Bears game. What they don't bring up, what they don't bring up in that uh, that Bears game is that the Rams had clinched everything, right? The Rams had clinched everything. I remember, I, like I said, it was fantasy football playoffs. The Rams didn't try. Like, they didn't care. Like, it wasn't like, oh, we need the game. Like, no, like they were, it was late in the season. It was cold in Chicago. And they did play their starters, but Todd Gurley was beat up. Everyone was hurt. And it was straight. They should have sat everyone, but they, it was one of those, they played people, that, but they didn't try. So I'm just saying about the whole golf. I mean, listen, golf doesn't need bad weather to suck, Babano, right? I mean, he has sucked in bad, and nice weather too. <laughs> but the whole, the whole cold weather thing with golf. I think it's overrated. What one game in which they were thirteen and three and they didn't try? Yeah, like like the whole like the the situation isn't. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't like it was a big game, and um, and also, it's not even going to be freezing on Saturday, Babano. Like it's thirty four degrees. It's thirty four degrees at Green Bay on Saturday, which like, is not bad not, at all. Like, it's like it's, Buffalo last week in yeah. the Colts game, not bad yes. at all for outdoors in January. Yes, not exactly frozen thunder of a battle. You nope. know what I'm saying? So that's 30, 36, which is, um, which is one Celsius. One Celsius, 34 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. So it's not even freezing. Any way you break it down, it's not freezing. <laughs> like, so this, like, is Jared Gump that much of a wuss that you think like, oh, wow, that's 34 degrees. And, you know, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, like Robert Woods played for the Buffalo Bills, guys. Yeah, like Robert Woods played for the uh, the, the Buffalo Bills. Like the, the whole weather stuff, it just, I got into it last week. It just, it drives me crazy. It always, um, I always get a laugh. Um, I always I always get a laugh out of it. All right, uh, so I'm not laughing at your, your Packer pick. I get it. But as you stated, I understand you're a little concerned though, aren't you, Babano? Yeah, I am. I am because the run defense is what concerns me. I, I don't doubt that Rodgers and the Packers will move the ball a bit, even against the Rams. I, I because we've seen him get the ball out quickly. We have seen him face some decent pass rushes and still be able to get the job done. He faced the the Bears. He's faced the Colts. They've, and, and days where they really moved the ball well uh, on offense, the Packers. So I think they're going to do uh, enough to be able to put themselves in a position to win. But it's not going to matter if 
they don't stop the run. And Cam Akers keeps the chains moving, keeps Aaron Rodgers off the field. They have these long time consuming drives that wear down the defense. They uh, own time of possession as the game goes on. That's the biggest fear I have uh, with Green Bay in this game. Cam Akers becomes a big story and puts Jared Goff in a position where he doesn't have to throw the football a whole lot and make that critical mistake that he so often is capable of, you know, in, in a critical situation. So that's the biggest fear. But to me, Green Bay has talked all season about how the number one seed meant everything to them. You can't look at the way they finished the season as anything but impressive. I mean, they were outstanding finishing the season, even against some good teams, dismantled Tennessee. We remember on that Sunday night game. So they've done nothing wrong. Asking them to win the game, I think I can handle that. So uh, they'll be on a teaser. And if the line keeps creeping down a bit more and there's more money coming in on the Rams, I might go ahead and lay the six. If it gets to six, I might get in on Green Bay laying six. Ian Cameron kicking it with us. So uh, the Buffalo Bills on Saturday night. Uh, Another uh, interesting situation here in which it won't be cold, but weather could be a factor. 15-mile-an-hour winds. We saw the wind. Uh, was getting after it a little bit last week, even in the, in, the, in the Indy game. And the weather was nice. It was sunny and stuff, but it was a little windy at times, but nothing nothing egregious. But this Buffalo game, 36 degrees, Babano. You know, 36 degrees. You know, it's going to be raining. So that's the deal. It's going to be raining. But as anyone knows, in the Niagara Falls, There's supposed Buffalo to be a snowstorm, area. according to many, early in the week. I guess that's uh, old news. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, you know what? No, it says still, but I don't understand, Babano. How does it snow if it's not freezing? <laughs> like, if it's 36 yeah, it's degrees, how is it going to snow? Yeah. yeah, like it's so, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's going to be, it could be, but you know this. Remember the Cleveland game against, the, you know, the Raiders or the Texans, whoever the hell it was, I think the Texans, when it was raining sideways and it was windy. That's crazy yeah. stuff. Like, that was like, oh, yeah, I'm betting the under. These guys, like, you couldn't, like, move the ball. Like it was basically What's the miles like per hour the on the wind? Was That's the key. Players. Yeah. 15 mile an hour winds. Yeah, in Buffalo. It says yeah, snow showers. So snow showers, but it also says that it's 36 degrees. And the low, you know, dude, the 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 it's you know, the low is like 31. So, you know, it might be a little bit wet there, but which could lead to a slick ball, but I think this game's going to be a track meet but Bano. I think they're going to get after it both teams. That's probably the stance I like. As long as the wind is not more than 20, 25 miles per hour, which I don't expect it to be based on the latest forecasts, and it's not going to be this big, you know, huge uh, blizzard that people kind of thought it could be early in the week, I think the offenses do have the advantage because I don't trust Buffalo's run defense against Lamar Jackson and company. Remember the last time that Bills lost a game, Tyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals were running, the Kyler in particular was running the football like crazy on that Buffalo Bills defense. That is still something that stands out to me as they prepare to face Lamar Jackson, who's an even more dangerous version of a mobile quarterback in this game. So I think Baltimore's offense is a tough matchup for Buffalo's uh, shaky run defense. But on the flip side, the strength of the Ravens' defense is stopping the run up front. We saw that last week against Derrick Henry. I think their secondary is, if you're going to attack one area of the Baltimore defense, the slightly weaker area, to me it's the pass defense, we know Josh Allen can do that with Diggs and Beasley and Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox. Uh, they are going to be able to, I think, get some uh, advantages on the slightly weaker part of the Ravens' defense as well. So I think offense versus defense, Morency, on both sides of the football, 
uh, um, for both of these teams works well for the two offenses. So I'm with you right in step here, looking at this uh, game, probably going over the total as long as the weather doesn't get crazy. Yeah, but you know what? And I, I, the one thing I'll say, and you threw it out there, and I brought this up with Lou as well. People say, oh, the Buffalo Bills run defense. Buffalo Bills run defense. So whatever, dude. They give up 120, uh, 122 yards a game on the ground, uh, the Bills. So on the season. Dude, what did Baltimore give up? 105. It's a difference of 15 yards, Babano. You know what I mean? Is that like a massive discrepancy in run defense? between 122.1 and 105. And listen, Baltimore did a great job uh, shutting down Derrick Henry too, but I'm just stating, like, it's not like Buffalo give up 200 yards a game on the ground or anything like that. They give up 122 It's just the shakier part of their defense. I hear you. But actually, yards per rush allowed, there's a greater discrepancy between the two teams, yards than yards per game. But I hear you uh, on what you're, on what you're uh, saying. And also... Who's you? You also people act like um, like Josh Allen can't run the ball. It's just oh well, Lamar Jackson can run. Yeah, Josh Allen has broken more rushing records in the NFL than Lamar Jackson has. Late night anger management class continues. Get fired up. Let's play this. Let's get. Let's kick this thing off. Let's go. We do this 24 hours a day, every day. It's real. And it's here. We've got to come up with a better name for it than fantasy sports. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. There's only ever been one thing in your life that's been there for you. It's meant memory, family, friends. And yeah, we'll say it. Fun. Welcome to your home for talking sports. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Late-night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Brands. I'm getting fired up in the late-night hours. I guess that's why uh, the name of the show is Sports Rage. Or we should call it a hit and run. <laughs> hit and run to Wicked Wednesday. Ian Cameron. Yeah, you know what? I can, I can tell this is where my fandom comes out. Because I never have a problem if you know if you were to tell me, Babano, oh, I'm taking Baltimore. I'd be like, yeah, fine. Like, I would not, like, like my anger level would be at 0.0. And it happened with Lou today. Where he liked Baltimore, I'd have a beef. But then he started talking, like going on and naming these numbers and stuff like that. He's questioning the bill schedule. The Ravens had like one of the softest schedules in the league. Um, so, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, you know, he's break, breaking it down. And I get sensitive about the run stuff, but I'm not going to lie. Like Baltimore, Baltimore can churn up the yards, man, right? They get it going on the ground. But the one way to, uh, to, to avoid that battle is to get a lead on them and uh, make them start throwing the football. Like I said, I think there's going to be points on the board. I think it's going to be a close game, and I think it's going to be points uh, put up on the board. We do have breaking news here. Um, we didn't get to this earlier. I don't know when it when it broke. I guess just, just, just now, Matthias is just telling us. But, uh, you know, what's the guy's name? Valdir? Uh, the guy was on the Colts. He was, so he was on the Colts, and, um, yeah, Valdir. He was on the Colts. 
and then he was going to uh, play on the Packers. He was going to be the first guy, first guy uh, ever. So it happened a couple hours ago. We've been so caught up. I can't believe this was in our, our lead story tonight, considering the James Harden deal. But yeah, Veldir's out now as well. And, you know, they're already up Bakhtiari. The injuries are starting to mount Babano on the Green Bay offensive line a little bit here. I'm sensing a choke yep. job coming. <laughs> choke job coming. <laughs> I don't know, though. Wow. The Packers are a load to deal with, but it's another offensive line issue now. That means they're going to have to move more guys over. It's just sort of up. And the Rams aren't a team you want to deal with if you got a spotty offensive line, Ian, as you know. No, you, that's absolutely true. And Jared Valdir has, you know, been one of their, is probably him and Bakhtiari, David Bakhtiari. They're the two uh, offensive linemen that have been two of the sturdiest, two of the best, two of the most experienced as well uh, on this Green Bay team. So uh, having them dinged up going into a matchup with uh, the likes of uh, Floyd and uh, Aaron Donald uh, on that Rams defensive front is not something that you're happy to see uh, if you're Matt LaFleur and company. But uh, again, this is, this is where we're going to find out, you know, it is Aaron Rodgers has been masterful, quick passing game. Don't hold the ball too long. He's been excellent at that boy. Is he going to need it? You know, if he's down a couple starting offensive linemen against this front seven on Saturday. All right, so we're fired up for these games. The Rams and the Packers get the party uh, started. That's the Buffalo Bills and the Ravens in prime time on Saturday night. What I'll night do, by the way, the I don't know Browns. if I mentioned this before the break, uh, Marenzi. Uh, I mentioned Green Bay on a teaser. I'll probably have Baltimore on a teaser as well. I don't know if I want to bet this game from a side. Like, I'm not taking Baltimore just plus two and a half. That's not enough. The same point in time, I don't know if the bill is going to be close, I think. I just feel more comfortable putting Baltimore on a two-team teaser for Saturday with Green Bay. That's probably the way I'll go. Green Bay pick them and Baltimore up to plus eight and a half. Boo. Boo. Um, but no, I get it. I, 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 can, I can understand. Man, it's, it really is. All the games are cool, actually. The Rams-Packers game is is, is cool. The, the Ravens-Bills uh, game is a lot of fun. I'm a Bills fan, so... You know, it's funny. Earlier in the week, I wasn't. Last week, I wasn't nervous at all. Like, yeah, I, I knew they were going to beat the Colts, and I wasn't. You know what I mean? Now this week, it's getting realer. Like I was thinking, it's like, man, if they win this game, then they're actually one win away from a Super Bowl. Like it's getting real now. So like, you know, that's where it's starting to kick in. And I do respect Baltimore. They're six and zero straight up, and against the spread the last six games, their offense has gotten it going. Lamar Jackson is a stud, but. So, you know, the Buffalo Bills have studs, too. It's going to be a hell of a football game. Uh, Cleveland Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs sitting at 10. This total keeps climbing, Babano. It was 56, up to 57 and a half now. And weather's not a factor in here at all, bro. It's like 38 degrees and sunny in Kansas City on Sunday. Yeah, the weather's going to be very good for football here in this game. And... Uh, uh, no teasers uh, needed here. I'm finally off the teaser uh, uh, route for this game. I, I'm on Cleveland first half and full game here in this one. Um, even after last week, whereas, okay, you can say Cleveland, yeah, Pittsburgh was terrible. You could tell it was not going to be their night. The minute that bad snap from Marquise Pouncey in the first play of the game, you could tell it was just not going to be uh, a good night for Pittsburgh. But you got to give Cleveland a lot of credit to not have the coach on the sideline, to have multiple offensive linemen banged up throughout the course of the game, including Joel Batonio, who didn't even suit up, to have Denzel Ward and a couple cornerbacks out in that game as well in the secondary for them to win that game Pittsburgh made a run which you would expect them to do and then they answered right back and put the nail in the Steelers coffin with all kinds of key uh, 
personnel and key players on both sides of the football uh, dropping like flies due to injury. You got to give Cleveland a lot of credit for that. I think what's going to keep them in this game is their ability to run the football. I think they're going to be able to do it here a little bit uh, against Kansas City. You look at the Chiefs over the course of the season, 122 rushing yards per game, 4.5 rushing yards allowed per game. Uh, at times, they've been uh, giving up uh, run plays. I think Chubb and, and Hunt will be able to run the football. Of course, you've got Kareem Hunt against his former team. And Kansas City, as much as I, have, you know, their offense is explosive and you worry about the Browns secondary being able to handle that, I don't, although I think there's a chance Ward's going to be back here, which is huge huge if they can get him back in the secondary against this uh, explosive Chiefs offense. That remains, it's been difficult, Gabe, for Kansas City to cover numbers, particularly down the stretch where they've been laying these big points. We remember the Atlanta game when you and I were on the air for in-game live that day. Uh, they were laying 10 against Atlanta. They won by three in that game, and they were still in a game where they had everything to play for still. All the starters played, and they barely escaped with a win. I think Cleveland is good enough. They're confident enough. They feel like it's a us-against-the-world you know, type of swagger that they've got, kind of like the way they felt against Pittsburgh. They had heard that they had lost 17 straight games in Pittsburgh, and all they did was go in there and win going away. I think it's a dangerous team, and I'm going to split this one up because I think they can come out strong early, jump on the Chiefs, kind of like what we saw with Kansas City last year, Gabe. You remember, they played Houston and Tennessee, and they started both of those games slow, you know, in the playoffs last year. And then they started to pull away. So that's why I'm going to split this one up. In case Cleveland, the game gets away from them late, I want the security of the first half bet as well. So for me, it's Cleveland first half, and I'll take Cleveland plus the uh, double digits for the game as well. I like where you're going with that, actually. And you know what? I think maybe even a little first quarter venture for feeling hardcore. What can we get? Let's see. Uh, first quarter, FanDuel right now, first quarter of this game. You know why? Because I, you know, I was talking about this earlier as well, but Ben, all right, do they have? They have the first half up right now. Quarter props? No, no quarter prop. Let's see. First half, first quarter. Come on, come on. No, of course, that's what I was looking for. I'll find one, though. Um, so uh, first half spread. Uh, you get men six and a half right now, Babano and Fandle six and a half for the Cleveland Browns in the, in the first half. And you you That's mentioned it, yeah, yeah. And I talked about it too. Yeah, as you said, dude, they were down. They were down big to Houston. It was what twenty four nothing. They were down big to ten, to Tennessee as well, double digits. They were down double digits in the fourth quarter in the Super Bowl. And I brought it up, Babano. You're right. We did that Falcon game together. But also, you go back. The Chiefs have not won a football game by more than six points since November the 1st when they played the New York Jets. And Babano, the last time the Chiefs tried in a game, all right, that, you know what, they showed up and they tried, you could tell they were into it, was when they played the Saints. That was the week before that Falcon game. So think about it. So they won that game 32-29. And then the next week they played the Falcons. They were lethargic and they, you know, they struggled in the red zone, interceptions, near tips, near interceptions. We were watching it. Yep. Then the next week they rolled over against the Chargers. They didn't try. They rested their players. Then the following week they're off. This is basically a full month Almost since a they month. tried in a since game. Since that New there. Orleans game. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's the sixth right. like dialed it up and been like, oh, this is real, like, and it's real. And I think they could come out a little bit slow, bro. Cleveland could punch him in the mouth early. I like where you're going with this. I'm definitely going to, you know, once I see a number here for the first quarter, like if I'm getting three points, but battle three and a half first quarter, I'm all over it with Cleveland. Yeah, I personally, I'm, I'm with you. And I say to every, anyone that likes Cleveland, 
don't just bet them full game. I think you've got to have some kind of first half and first and even first quarter if you want to go one step further. You know, because I think the greatest edge with Cleveland is jumping on the Chiefs early. Uh, we've seen, and we have a pat, we have a performance pattern as well. Going back to last year's playoffs with the Chiefs, it took them a quarter. It took oh. them even sometimes an entire first half to get going in these games. Yep. Maybe we see more of that on Sunday. I found a number, so uh, we just got to sort of dig around. It was under more. It wasn't, you know, normally it's listed on the on the main sheet. It was under more at FanDuel. But Kansas City Chiefs, minus three, first half, uh, first quarter. Chiefs, minus 118, first quarter. Cleveland Browns, plus three, minus 104. And you know what? Maybe Babano, too. And you know, since the Chiefs are the favorites and stuff, and ooh, it's the Chiefs, maybe we'll take a look at the team to score first, right? You know, first touchdown scores, like, of the game, like, load up on the Chiefs side of things. Dude, the Chiefs are hot. You know what I mean? They've been rolling. They got it done last week. Their offense is rolling. You got Chubb and Hunt, as you stated. And don't forget, guys, I know it was college, but Baker Mayfield beat Mahomes 66-59. Oklahoma and Texas Tech. I'm not betting the under this game. I'll tell you that. I think Cleveland can hang around. You know, you got to take chances sometimes when you bet, but I'm buying into the I'm you know, I'm buying into the Rams as a dog. I'm buying into the Browns as a dog, but I like the Bills and Saints, Babano. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm with you on like, the, I think the bills can win. I'm just going to go, I'm going to go over in the Ravens in the teaser. I'm staying off the st- side, just in terms of the current number two and a half. I'm with you on Cleveland. I'm not sure I'm with you on new Orleans. I know a lot. I know the numbers down to Ooh. three, which is kind of disappointing, uh, in this one, but I was leaning Tampa on Sunday when I talked to you and I kind of still do. Um, let's put the saints win in context, by the way, against Chicago, Chicago, if they hit that touchdown pass early on to Javon Wims, we might be talking about a competitive game, and the Saints are sweating in that one. Unfortunately, the uh, the Bears completely shot themselves in the foot and and screwed up every opportunity they had in that game, maybe to get back in it. Those are the opportunities that Tom Brady and the Bucks may not screw up. And I talked about the first two meetings, and people say, oh, Saints dominated them. And the Saints pass rush is a concern. But for the first time last week, we saw Tom Brady get a clean pocket. They protected him. They kept him upright. And they're in a much better situation to face the Saints this time around. They faced New Orleans on a short week on a Sunday night football game when they got dominated there. And then the other game was week one. Brady is learning his new teammates, his new offense, his new system, Bruce Arians, the whole bit. It's going to take time, and that's not the time you want to be playing the Saints. So the Buccaneers are going to be as ready and as prepared and I think as ready to play a good game as ever in this one against the Saints. Is it going to be enough to win the game and cover? Maybe, maybe not. I'm going to take my chances at will because we and we have seen the Saints stumble en route to the Super Bowl. This could be that stumbling block. And and Tampa Bay showed me enough last week where their pass rush was of Washington's was negated. If they can do that again this week, I think Tampa Bay's got a real shot in the dome. Babano stepping up with Tom Brady in a matchup of the oldest quarterback um, age in the history of the National Football League. Combined age, 85 years old. We'll get Babano's thoughts about this on the other side, but uh, teams that are playing for the third time, and you always hear, oh, it's hard to beat a team uh, three times. Uh, 17 teams, home team, 12 and 5. It's happened 21 times, 17 teams. But uh, you know, 12 and 5 at home. Winning percentage of 7.06, just for the record. Not easy the situation that the Bucks are in. Bring it.
look, you have a simple choice. Keep listening and get the winning edge. Or don't. And wish you had. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. So many sports, so many memories, so many players, so many teams, so many great matchups, so many possibilities. Now are you really going to pass all that up? This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. If we hit every NHL game on the board, we'd be here until about 5 a.m., I think. So, holy crap, we've got a full slate of games coming up. So, I'll just ask you what catches your eye. we got Boston and New Jersey, uh, Battle of New York, Islanders and the Rangers, Capitals and the Sabres, Canes and the Red Wings, Flames and the Jets, Columbus and Nashville. Uh, we got San Jose and, uh, and Arizona. Uh, Vancouver, Edmonton go at it uh, once again. Ton of action on the board here, Babano. What are you looking at overnight? And um, are you going to ride this theme that there's going to be more goals uh, scored? The, you know what? It was three, three and two to the over tonight, right? Uh, the St. Louis game ended up staying staying under the number. But what's your take on the board for tomorrow, Babano, on the ice? You know, by a half a goal in both of them, Tampa game and the St. Louis game. So I think the early theme is going to continue. There'll be more goals than not. Uh, the ones that I've circled tomorrow, I like the New York Rangers. I think they're an improved team. And the Islanders, I think, are going to take a small step back. I think as much as I respect Barry Trotz, I think they maxed out the last couple of years everything they could get from this group. And I think the Rangers will improve this year. I'll take a chance with them to beat the Islanders. I like Calgary over Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg, I don't think Connor Hellebuck can duplicate the Vesna Trophy season he had last year. And if he doesn't, boy, he's got a suspect defense in front of him. I think Calgary wins that game. That game should have some goals in it, too. I like the over. And San Jose, Gabe, they may be the worst defensive team in the NHL with the worst goaltending duo as well. It may not get worse than Martin Jones and Devin Dubnik, who has been dreadful the last two years as the two goalies in San Jose. I think Arizona, you know, money line, team total over the full game over. I'm looking at ways to just fade San Jose's defense and goaltending right away. That's what I'll be looking to do there. You know, it's funny, but bad. There's a lot of games on the board here and I've got to sift through them all, but that's the one game that caught my eye. I'm like, you know what? Arizona minus 130, fair price. I think the Coyotes get it done against the San Jose Sharks. Follow Ian Cameron on Twitter, at Babano. Thanks, Babano. We'll catch up with you Sunday night. Thanks, Gabe. listening to the home of the winning edge it's easy to get just keep it here get on the grid this is the sports grid radio network